<laughs> I forgot to lay out for you. I'll still take it in the face part. You're not going to like this, Lee. What do you got? TV on. Uh, they just had Chuck the Condor on ESPN. I know that Chuck the Condor <laughs> no, Chuck. put you in a mood. <laughs> Freaking Chuck. Go ahead. What happened? When that, they're just they're talking about Paul George, and they had yeah, he was doing his post game hit, and then Chuck the Condor kind of walked over and like rubbed him on the top of the kind of walked just... over. The guy wouldn't get out of the camera. It's like Chuck, <laughs> give PG his time. Well, Chuck's far more important. Why? Why is I, I still don't understand Chuck's role? It's a toucan in, in the Clipper. Is it? But he's Chuck the Condor. I know, but he looks like a toucan. Come on, it's like a parrot. <laughs> well, I'm still stuck on Slam Duck. I really want Slam Duck to be slam a part of the Lakers. Slam Duck would be good. The Lakers should definitely bring that back. Um, Emily, you mentioned something. Uh, Chris just mentioned that you had the the choking on the turkey sandwich. Did you Did you get through yesterday choke free? Uh, yeah, I mean, yesterday's conversation just really made me want a sandwich after the uh, show, so I went and got a sandwich. Uh, I did eat it successfully. Chewed it so properly. I chewed it properly. Good. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I got a chicken cutlet sandwich from uh, the Heights in uh, Lincoln Heights, and it was it was great. It was a good sandwich. That and a good sandwich good. place. I was going to say, did you did you make sure that there was enough, like, I don't know, oil and vinegar or something to make sure that the choking hazard had been I, reduced I had to a certain degree? I had a, a glass of water or something? <laughs> I had a Dr. Pepper with it, so I, I was good. I had I had a Bev to watch it, wash it down. That's good. I'm, I'm glad. Your voice sounds a little better today, and I'm glad that you, uh, you, you made it. She rebounded sandwich. quick, by the way. You know, yeah. it, it had only been 24 hours, and she was right back in it. She's not intimidated. She's yeah, I don't fear death. I don't fear sudden death. I, I'm going to go ahead and eat another sandwich. I'm going to get right back, back on that horse. What What's the cutoff? So I was kind of on my own for dinner last night. Susan was working late, so I was just kind of, you know, grab something on the fly, drop the boy off at baseball. Um, and I'm coming back. I'm kind of hungry. And I think, you know, it sounds pretty good. Sushi sounds pretty good. But I didn't want to go to, like, a sushi place because it takes a little time, and I just it's a little more expensive. So I'm thinking – a little you know bit of an just, experience if you're not yeah, in the mood for it. Yeah, exactly. You understand. So I'm like, I'm just going to swing through my local grocery store and grab some of the sushi that they have there. The problem was it's like 730 at night. And the sushi chef at the grocery store leaves. I don't know. I've, I have never seen him there past like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's been sitting there. It's like, what, what's the drop dead date for grocery store sushi? I bought it. It was good. I didn't it's get It's refrigerated. I'm, I'm 100% fine. But I did for half a moment go, you know what? That sushi's been in there for a minimum four or five hours. I think you're fine. Just think of it this way. You ever you ever had – You'd never you, eat it the next day, right? You wouldn't go back and get that. If you went in at 6 o'clock in the morning – Well, let, let me, let me give it. you an example. You pick up sushi and you have some leftover sushi. Maybe that happens in your world. Maybe it doesn't happen very often. Let's just say you had some leftover sushi. Yeah. Would you put it in the fridge and eat it the next day? I would not. You would not? I would not. I would. Uh, yeah, yeah I, 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 the sushi seems to me it's a. It needs. To be I guess it depends the, the kind moment. of roll. It depends the kind of roll because I think that's gonna. If Fair. you get something that's deep fried or something like that, I don't know if that's gonna. No, this was. It's obviously some, not gonna taste good. It was some fresh chopped tuna. It had some jalapeno in it. It had obviously a little bit of rice, a little bit of the nori, and these sorts of things, and then some chopped, like some very finely, like spicy tuna on the inside with some fresh cut tuna on the top. Uh, all pretty, day pretty, long the next day. Really? Yeah. I, I'm genuinely. I. I, I First of all, I've never had leftover sushi. I always eat what's <laughs> what's there, but it keeps okay. I've, I literally have never even considered this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's the equivalent of you don't eat 
if you make fish and you don't eat your entire fish and rice or something along those lines. Yeah, I, I, rice, I, I, I don't think it's a problem You don't have leftover salmon the next day if it's cooked I salmon. Do it. I, Susan does it all the time. I cannot. I really? Can't do, I can't do it. No. <laughs> I mean, you guys shouldn't ask me because obviously you know yeah, that I don't care about the spoiling of food. It doesn't go in the fridge. It's refrigerated. It's going to be fine. It was not an accident that that question was directed at Alan. Then I decided to ask him that follow-up. Sushi has a two-week window. Yeah, I, I got. I feel like I mean, floor a sushi. Hours. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's disturbing. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Speaking of floor sushi, you were not a sushi person until you went and try. Have you tried it since, or are you a one and done, Emily? Oh no, I've tried it since. So I've uh, I haven't gone to another sushi place per se, um, but I did get groceries for sushi at this like really nice place in Malibu. Like I I saw the sushi Ooh, su- sushi chef. And so I bought it like about twice in that same place. So it, it was good. There's a there's a place really inexpensive. I think um, uh, it's Nobu? worth it's worth the money. It's called Nobu. It's in Malibu. I don't know if you've heard of it, Trav. Mm. Very reasonable. <laughs> Very reasonable. <laughs> yeah, vintage grocers. Good 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 grocery store in, in Malibu, by the way. I think Keyshawn has a booth at that Nobu. I think I think he's there five times a week. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. This day, 1964, Jeopardy came out. Hmm. Jeopardy. And, and still on, Alex Trebek had his hands on the wheel of that thing for seemingly forever. Now it's uh, – do they still do the tandem or is it uh, Blossom that still does it full – does she do it full time or does she have a partner? I think that they kind of rotate. I don't think they're ever, like, together, but I think that they still are rotating them. It, Who's the is male? It... Is it Ken Jennings? Is got, it Ken Jennings? Okay. I think so. But is I, it I'll doing look. well? Like, is it still doing well ratings-wise and everything else? I, I don't know? know this, but I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Mm-hmm. I was flipping channels the other night, and I landed on it, right? And it was with, uh, is it Mayim? Is that how you say her first name? Yeah, Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik. And, and she, she was doing a fine job. She, she really was. She, she was perfectly competent. She's obviously very intelligent. She's obviously very comfortable being on TV. It just, Slee, it just wasn't the same no, I get at it. all. It I just get it. Wasn't that, that's the same at all. Okay, so th- this is the equivalent for me. Price is Right was one of my favorite game shows growing up. Bob Barker, it, it's 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 his show, right? Like it's you, you, part of the allure is also it's because it's him. Yeah, I'm not. I got nothing against Drew Carey, and I'm not like you know anti Drew anything like that. But it's not Bob Barker, so it completely changes the show. It's still fun. You can still enjoy it. I mean. We don't. I don't. It's not like I sit here and get an opportunity to watch it the way I used to in the past. But it changes everything. Well, no, because the only time you watched Price is Right, if you were sick, when you had the stomach flu, yeah, or you were faking having the stomach flu, and you'd watch Seven Up, Saltine Crackers, (laughs) and Price is Right. Yeah, and the mountain climber game, and you'd watch Bob Barker (laughs) make make like a four foot putt, right? By the way, did you ever see Bob miss? I don't think I ever saw Bob miss that putt. He was he just roll it in time after time after time. Every time Plinko came on, I was like, I, no, that's that's my game. I know where it's supposed to go for Plinko. This is what I don't get. With Price is Right, I was eight when I was watching it regularly, watch it in the summer, and everybody in the world knows that the second showcase is better than the first showcase, right? That's just, duh. And at least once a week, somebody go, I'll take that first showcase. I'd like to bid on that. It's like, what are you, out of your mind? It's 100% of the time the second one is better than the first one. What are you doing? Do you still watch? Um, did you, were you ever a Family Feud guy? I was a Family Feud guy back in the day. Early, with, early. With Dick Dawson. 
like Richard Dawson was great because he was kind of funny. Like every version of that, the guy from Home Improvement, Louis Anderson, Steve Harvey. It's just that's not my jam. And now, now it's just they, they don't. The questions don't even make any sense, and the answers don't make any sense. It's just who can make the most thinly veiled sexual innuendo. That's what that's what prices are. Uh, family feud is. I, I feel like it's still really popular. I feel like Steve Harvey is. Uh, oh, it's- crazy yeah yeah it's still very popular what game show if you had to pick a game show you're gonna do really well on what would you pick like i think i got a chance to make this last for a while i can i can stay here and have a run wheel of fortune i think that's a really good choice i think that because i, I think price is right anyone can win i think yes. there's no i think that's a that's one that yeah let's say you know just give as an example you got a lot of you got to know a lot of stuff for jeopardy Price is right is one of those. I think you walk in and you can, you can win. Lee, what if what if you have to putt? Oh, putting! No, that that I think that'd be great. You got I that? think that plays to my advantage. <laughs> you got you got a nine iron. This this feels like a nine I iron. Brought, <laughs> I brought my own. <laughs> yeah, I you my just own at reach the over like a sword, like your Excalibur. You pull it out of your quill and like. Uh, Drew, back up. I got this. Uh, why does Sliwa have? Uh, why is he using a? a, a a driver. <laughs> no, I, I just I, I use it works better for me. Wrong club, Drew. Stand back. <laughs> like got a tee? Yeah, I'd like to fix the divot along the way. ESPN what Radio. Was that, what was that game? What was the? Uh, was it press your luck? I told you the story about my my brother in law was on press your luck. He 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 and he got whammied. He that's what it is. Win. That's right. Whammies. Yeah. Uh, no whammies. No whammies. No whammies. And yep. stop. And the question he missed was how many herbs and spices are in Colonel Sanders' original <laughs> recipe. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I think he said nine, and the answer I think is eleven, because that was a, again. This is the eighties, right? So that yep. commercial was on TV all the time, and he 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 went on and he got way. And by the way, my brother in law is like one of the smartest guys I know. He's a really really smart guy, wildly successful, and he got tripped up by the colonel. The yeah. Colonel Sanders took him out. I got another one I want to play. Remember Supermarket Sweep? Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun game. What was like that word pyramid one? You know where you had to twenty five thousand dollar pyramid. Yes, that one. That was, that's what I used to watch it all the time. I think I could do okay on that show. Those are like those are the ones. I think if you win, you get to stay, and you get to keep going. That mm. one feels like you could stack some chips because if you just it's it's always common sense, right? Uh, not black, but you also have to have a good partner though. That's Wait, the hold main... on. Oh, hold on, hold on. Not black, green, but... white, green, white. Of course, right? <laughs> Not stop, but go, go, go. It's the, the, all of the answers are like that. You just need to be able to tee someone up, and you can win them. You can just keep it going. Okay, if you if you right now were in supermarket sweep and you got to go find an item or whatever, I I have a feeling you know the grocery store and every aisle as good as anybody. Am I, I right know, or wrong on that? I know my grocery store, but that's what, all grocery stores should be the same. But if I went to your Slee, I'd be lost. But if I but if I if I go into my store, what, what do you need? I could see you in the back with the pallets <laughs> as they're taking stuff out. No, 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 no. Aisle six, the the, the 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 Lowry seasoning aisle six, second shelf, third from the left. Put it right there. That's where that goes. I could I could take over. It would be a piece of cake. All right. Um, I got a question for you for Russell Westbrook. Not only the rest of this season because I, mm-hmm. I think we know how this is going to go but this idea that hey you know what we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to get russ off the team and we'll start over where exactly might he go because the options aren't nearly as abundant as it might sound like that's coming up next travis lee 710 espn
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You think I could pull off a giant gold chain with a huge medallion? Because I'm what? looking at Kendrick Perkins on TV right now, and he looks he looks pretty good. Why? I, I guess, Mike, I'm confused. Why do you think you wouldn't be able to? Well, first of all, that thing would break my neck. It's so big. It'd be dragging along the ground if I tried to say, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't view myself as a gold chain and medallion guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I could. You might not view yourself that way, but I think a lot of other people view you that way. By the way, Ramona said since she's almost eight months pregnant, she can still hit, just needs a runner. <laughs> yeah, I don't do, doubt If we do the softball game. Yeah. Sure. Look, you hit home runs. You don't need to run. You just, yeah, walk. just go yard. Right? Walk around little, the bases. little SPR along the way. Try a quick phone call. Let's go to La Habra and Steve. Steve, you're on with Travis Slee. What's up? Hey, not much, guys. Hey, I got a serious question for you. I know they're great players, but please tell me why Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, and Carm- Carmelo Anthony are Hall of Famers. I mean, really, what have they done so great in the NBA to make them Hall of Famers? I mean, watching, you know, winning time, you know, makes me think of a lot of players who played for the Lakers, you know, like, did they ever do anything individually to have their team win a championship? I mean, uh, three of those guys haven't won championships. And if you ask me, I'd rather have Robert Ory's career. Other than the money made, Robert Ory has done more to win championships for three different teams than um, Davis, Anthony, Westbrook have done is for their teams and Dwight Howard. So appreciate you calling in, Steve. Trav, the the – the Hall of Fame conversation is always – I'm not I'm not one that really knows, hey, this is the criteria exactly that you have to have to be a Hall of Famer. And I'm going to use the NBA as an example. And if you want to compare, hey, look at Derek Fisher's career versus Charles Barkley or Robert Ory versus Carl Malone, and you start comparing of this guy won X amount of championships. The, the big difference is one is literally a franchise player – and Robert Ory was the fourth best player on every team that he was on or whatever the case is. So that's the difference between the two. And that doesn't mean that Ory wasn't clutch. That doesn't mean that Ory didn't take big-time shots. He played his role perfectly. It's one thing to be a role player. It's one thing to be a franchise player. Every player that he just mentioned on there have been franchise players. Maybe you averaged um, triple-doubles in three of four games or three of four years. Maybe you're Carmelo Anthony. You're one of the greatest scorers to ever live. Maybe you're Dwight Howard, and you're one of the best defensive players. And you can make an argument, took the Orlando Magic, a team that had a lot of role players, to an NBA Finals. I don't know the criteria, but I also don't really pay attention to it that much. Do you pay attention to it a lot? Well, I think you, I think you nailed it. Here's the deal. Because there isn't a criteria, it's entirely subjective. Right. It's not that you don't need to score X amount of points or make X amount of all star games or 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 win X amount of championships. It is entirely subjective. Here, here's where I, to, to answer your question. There are way too many people in all of these halls of fame. Way too many. The, the, the hall of fame should be for the very, very 
best players. Exclusive ever, of the exclusive. There, there, there should never be a, hey, let's let him in. It should always be, I can't believe this guy's not in. That should be the conversation, right? Here's the, the way that I look at these things now, because these things have been so watered down by so many guys have coming in. Were you ever on the short list of best players in the league for a part of your career? Carmelo Anthony, of course he was. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, of course he was. Uh, Dwight Howard, yeah, he was. There, were, there was a four- or five-year window where Dwight Howard was one of the four or five best guys. That's what the Hall of Fame is now. That's what it is. We, we could argue whether or not it should be. You can argue it's not the Hall of Championships. Robert Ory was never one of the best ten players in the league. He never was. He's a, it's great, he's a great career. He's won a bunch of games, and I'm not being disrespectful to Big Shot Bob by saying he wasn't, but he never was. Charles Barkley never won a championship. Was Charles Barkley the best player in the league? Yeah. Or was he in the top five? Yeah, for like ten years he was. That, that well, It's entirely subjective. That's why a guy like Russ and Mello, of course they're Hall of Famers. I think we, we dis- we're so quick to criticize players that never won at all. And listen, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that when I think of Charles Barkley, I do think, hey, did Barkley win one or did he not? Did Carl Malone win one? Did John Stockton? Did Steve Nash? These guys did not win championships. But I think there's this, you know, we forget. We like we we assume that all right, that guy didn't win one. He wasn't good enough. How many different times did you talk about over the last couple of weeks how good this organization is ran versus that organization? Yeah. Okay. Is the front office is their priority to win or is it not to win? Is there's so many other things that come into play aside from just the player? I I think Kobe Bryant knows and Magic Johnson knows and Shaquille O'Neal knows how fortunate they were to play for a franchise that wanted to freaking win. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was the expectations were to win. Maybe you don't have that type of success if you were drafted in Charlotte or you're drafted by the Sacramento Kings or the Ari- or the uh, the Phoenix Suns. Think about that. I mean, there's some franchises never won a championship. We're doing this. LeBron's been to more NBA finals, what would we say, than 27 other teams in the NBA? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, a lot of these franchises, I don't think it's a priority, or they have no it's idea not. what they're doing, or, you know, so there's a lot but that comes into play. You, for, let's use Steve Nash as an example. Is there any question that Steve Nash was one of the best players in the league for 10 years? No, he was, right? He, that if you're going down the list, Steve Nash was one of the five or ten best players in the league for a, an extended period of time. At an era when Shaq was playing and Tim yes. Duncan was playing yes. and Kobe Bryant was playing and go down the list of all the great players that were in the league. That, that's the only way you can do it now. If you're saying, is he the greatest point guard of all time? Probably not, right? Is he on the top ten? of the, Yeah, probably. But because there's no criteria, I, I want to say this is going deep. I think it's the LPGA, and they may have chilled out a little bit on this because no one was getting in. Like, to get into the LPGA Hall of Fame, you had to win something like 20 tournaments and five majors. And they, they were just like, well, we got like six people in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> there was nobody that could get into it. But I th- I almost think that's like a better way to do it than just have it be, eh, was he pretty Yeah, he's pretty good, let him in. Because that's where we are with a lot of this stuff. Now, let's try so, another one. Go yeah. ahead, Slee. No, no, good. I, I was going to uh, – we'll take the call. I, I was curious about the Russell Westbrook thing that you were talking about, but go for it. He's not going anywhere, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe hopefully he should be going somewhere. That's the problem. We'll get to that in just a sec. Glendale and Drew. Drew, you're all with Travis Lee. Hey, man, yeah. I was just like – I totally lost my mind when I just heard that guy talk about Robert Horry being better than Anthony Davis or Carmelo Anthony, and especially when it comes to the Hall of Fame. 
Like, clearly, we know a lot of players that have not won chips, but they still deserve to be recognized in the Hall of Fame because of the great careers that they have. I mean, you can have a Hall of Fame for the champions, like just NBA champions Hall of Fame, and that will make more sense. But to compare Robert, as my, I got to say, I love Robert Ory. He's one of my most favorite players of all time. But to, to compare Robert Ory's career to Anthony Davis's career, and Anthony Davis has helped them win the championship, by the way. But to compare his career to, like, Carmelo Anthony and even, hey, Kyle, like you guys were saying, Carmelo, John Stockton, Charles Barkley. It's role player. It's it, it, it's a difference of Drew. Appreciate you, Travis. Isn't it the best way to put it? You either have a role player, or you have your franchise player. And it doesn't mean if you're a franchise player, you're automatically in. But let's not pretend like they don't have a resume. And I do think it matters what organization you're playing with and who that ownership and who that front office is that's going to help dictate some of your success or not. I want to know what Drew was up to. He sounded very relaxed. He sounded like he was just kind of in the middle of his day, just kind of, hey, man. Just, Chilling with Cody Bellinger. With what's up with that guy with Robert Ory, man? Like, I, Drew, what are, you, what are you up to? Like, what, what do you got going later on today? I might want to hang out with you. Just starving, bro. Just ate, too. Why am I you did not have again? a good day yesterday again. Just saying. It's, what is, I, I think I saw this. Was it now 17 strikeouts? It's Yeah, it's just it's it's really something else. Like, I was I watched the Dodger game last night. Tony Gonsolin didn't pitch all that great. But it's like whatever. It's like you, you know that he's going to be kind of what he is. And then there's that guy. It's like hmm. he's missing the ball by four feet. It's like I, 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 I don't get it. I, they, I was watching MLB Network last night. They were running down the top 100 players. And they had Cody Bellinger at number – I think he was number 100. Maybe he was 99, 99 or 100. I forget where it was. I'm like – uh, what are we doing this in 2019? Like, what, what are what are we doing? You, be, you did not a chance, not a chance, and you know what? All right, the Russell Westbrook topic. If the Lakers don't want him next year, which seems possible, who does? That's next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Doing it wrong, Slee, if you're only giving Stanley Johnson ten percent of your show. You got you gotta cut you gotta get that up to at least twenty. He des- oh, he man. deserves it. Got Wendy and Gabriel, there's <laughs> Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk. There's other guys too that I gotta share the love with. <laughs> yeah, dude, spread it around a little bit. Talk get get, get Russ in DJ there. DJ Augustine. DJ oh yeah, he's on the team. I forgot about him. Uh, who's the guy that was going to be in the rotation then wasn't and then was back in again? Uh, Camp Bazemore, Trevor yeah. Ariza, Wayne Trevor, Ellington. Go down the list. There's a Trevor Ariza By the way, signing isn't it, yesterday. Isn't that crazy? How many guys they've signed? They signed in the offseason. So, remember, Rondo, uh, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Dwight Howard, um, and then all the guys that we just listed off. Kendrick Nunn was just pretty much said that he's not going to play the, the person, rest of the right? year. That is, that is, that I, I've been hearing about this for nine years. None of these guys were used. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's go to Russell here for a second. Mm-hmm. 
I think every Laker fan has probably seen the light and has decided that that was not a good idea and it's time to, you know, move on to the next step. Everybody understands that even a guy, what's Russell going to make next year, like $47.5 it's It's some outrageous amount of money. Um, you can move those guys, right? They, especially in the last year of a deal like that, you can move it because the expiring money is, is as valuable as players and picks and other things. You start to look around and see some of the other teams around the league, there aren't a lot of landing spots for him, Slee. And, and not to be negative on top of a season that's already kind of gone off the rails in every possible way, I, I was of the opinion that there's just no way they bring him back. There might not be an option because it's his player option. He's not going to walk away from $47 bucks. He's going to exercise the option. But where could they possibly move him to? There aren't a lot of destinations. Okay, let, let me ask, let me kind of flip this. Let's say hypothetically, if you're a team in the NBA, give me what the blueprint would look like where you might have some interest in Russell Westbrook. So if you're another squad out there and you know that the Lakers do not want Russell Westbrook, why would it be of interest? Like, What, what kind of team right. do you think would be attracted to that? Well, a bad team. Yep, I agree. A, a, a lottery a team. team. Yeah, mm-hmm. a team that's not attempting to win, mm-hmm. like to, to win playoff series and compete for a championship. A team that really almost doesn't even have a core of young players that you like. Even if you're not quite – for instance, let's, let's use Detroit as an example, right, with Cade Cunningham. That dude's really good. Mm-hmm. He's really good. And considering the position he plays, I don't know if a player like Russell Westbrook does you any good because you're, you're trying to develop Cade Cunningham. Maybe we're not ready to win yet, but Russ doesn't help us win. He's going to be in Cade Cunningham's way. So, yeah, you need a bad team that doesn't have a good young player or at least a good young player that plays the same position or near him. You need somebody that also has money that they want to send out the other way. That's another thing that you got to find. And the, the, the window for these teams is getting narrower and narrower and narrower. Do you think he can still sell tickets? I don't know. I, I'm not buying a ticket to go see him play. He's been, but put it this way: How long has he been? Like twelve years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I think actually, if, I think this is his fourteenth season. Okay, fourteenth. If I really want to see Russell Westbrook play, I've seen him play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I if I am a season ticket holder or somebody that was considering buying, I'm not buying season tickets to come see Russell Westbrook eighty times. I don't need to so see that. so that that's a that's a big. If that part of it, there's no interest. Do you Taylor, agree with that? Ta- I'm actually I'm, I'm trying to kind of figure this out on the fly, Taylor. You're a Sacramento Kings fan. Unfortunately. If, hypothetically, if Russell Westbrook is on that team, are you going to watch Russell Westbrook and the Kings, or are you like, yeah, why would we do this? Where, where, where would you fall into that? I still watch the Kings no matter what. They've had worse players on their team. What, is Russ still would entertained? Would it make you more likely to I, watch it? Actually, yeah, it would. I, I still believe that he can drag a team into a play-in tournament. I think he has that in him. But he has to be under the right circumstances. Okay, so Trav, let, let me let me. The reason why I'm asking that question. By the way, if there is no interest, if Taylor would have said no interest at all, why the hell would I want Russ on my team? Then I think that's a problem because I think the only thing you can remember how they were going to make a trade, and this could happen in the off season with the Rockets. You could say, hey, John Wall, just throw in some a lot of draft compensation or some type of draft compensation, and those two salaries are going to wash themselves out. I think what's probably more likely is a team that says, we still have two, three years on a couple of these contracts. Give those to the Lakers. We'll wipe our hands clean after a year. 
And you know what? Russ is going to draw some attention. He's going to be on a bad team, but him being on a bad team is probably better than him on a playoff team or a good team, and I think this year is a good example of that. If you can't sell some tickets in the process, then I think that's that's a big-time issue. And you're right that, that the pocket of teams is getting smaller and smaller with every okay. every criteria that we're putting in there. So let, let's make it even smaller, right? And let's go back to the Lakers' perspective on this because – to move him, you're probably going to have, because there aren't a lot of teams that fit the criteria that we're talking about, right? We're, we're, we're literally down to, like, Indiana, Orlando, and Sacramento. That's kind of the only places that are fitting this criteria that we're talking about. And you never know. Something could happen in the offseason. Another team sure, decides, hey, sure. we're rebuilding. Yep. But, but Portland, but I don't think Portland would do something like that. Portland's clearly in the middle of a rebuild. They're trying to figure out what they're doing next. They don't need a player like Russell Westbrook. But, okay, so assuming that your options are limited, what do you have to do? You have to incentivize somebody to take it on anyway. Yep. The way that you can incentivize somebody to take it on anyway is picks. Hey, we'll give you – here's a little add-on. 20, add-on. 27, first rounder, and then some second rounder. So this is where it gets particularly complicated for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Do you just eat it? Do you just say, look, bring him back? I, we, we, we already don't have any picks. We, we probably can't get out from underneath this thing anyway. We just need to start thinking about what's coming up next. We have to eat this so we don't get further in the hole. Because let's say you give away the pick. Let's say you try to figure out something creative to get him out, and then you come back and you have something similar to what this is this year anyway. Or maybe maybe you land in sixth place, seventh place, whatever it is. Maybe it's a little better, but it's still not what you're looking for. Now you're further in the hole because you don't have a pick. You have fewer assets. It's a real conversation that they need to have about this season has been so disappointing. Mm -hmm. You've put yourself in such a hole that maybe you need to start figuring out how to get out of the hole instead of how to just, how can we get rid of this guy? How can we get back to a championship? You need to really kind of dumb this down to a point of how do we just take some baby steps to get out of 11th place in the Western Conference? What, What makes this situation so incredibly difficult when you're thinking of the Lakers is you're in this, you're now falling into this territory that it's the worst territory you want to be in, in the NBA. You have a couple stars. If I, who's the best player on the Lakers roster? Braun. Okay. That's not good at age 37 that Braun is your best player on your roster. And I'm, I'm, it's not bad, but you know what I'm referring to, right? That, the I fact that he's third in it. minutes and that he's leading the league in the NBA. All of this was supposed to be Anthony Davis. AD supposed to be the guy that is labeled that way. It's not. It's still LeBron James. So you have Braun, who is 37 years old. Next year he'll be 38 when you're in December or whatever it is. You're 20. <laughs> you have Anthony Davis that you're, you don't feel comfortable about his availability. I just don't know if he's going to be there. That's a, Why that's would a, you? That's a fair assessment on him. And – you have Russell Westbrook that you're basically saying, we're going to give up part of our future to just get this away because we're in this window where we need to win right now, but we're not good enough to win right now. I don't remember, and I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of examples of this. Do you remember another team with this many question marks where they don't know, are we a lottery team or are we competing? And they fall slap in the middle, below the middle, and I think that's going to continue in this offseason. I don't think it's going to get uh, – I don't think much is going to change. I think they're going to keep swinging for the fences. How many times have you heard me say that the hardest thing in sports is to be good and simultaneously be preparing for the 14 future? times. You it, said it 14 times. Every time you say it, I write it down. <laughs> I have it right next to me here 14 times. 
two things that are opposite can be true at the same time. 28 times. <laughs> and the hardest thing for a sports organization to do is to be good now and also be per- fully prepared for whatever's coming down the road next. The Dodgers have threaded that needle unbelievably. The Rams, not so much. The Rams are really good now, but what's coming next, I don't know, right? God only knows. They don't have any picks, and they'll figure, they have to figure it out on the fly. The Lakers are in that spot right now where they're bad now, and they're bad looking forward unless something changes. They're in a really tricky spot. The quicker way to get out of this is to say, let's start thinking, because we, we the, the now, like you said, LeBron is your best player is a problem. You do not have anybody on this team that is a young, up-and-coming player that you're really bullish on. THT, unfortunately, has not turned into that. You don't have anything else. I'm not as so concerned need, about that. I'm not as concerned about that. You need to start getting some stuff back. You need to start holding on to the little pieces you have because you're not turning this group into a championship group. It's not happening. You need so, AD on the block, Russell on the block. Ask LeBron what he wants to do. These are the questions that they have to be asking because trying to fix this on the fly is A, isn't going to work, and B, prevents what's coming next further down the road. So this is, this is why this year has made things so complicated because if I'd have told you a year ago, is the Lakers championship window done, what would you have said? If I, if I, I said, said a year no. ago. I would have said no, but I think I would have been wrong. It, it is done. I, w- I would have said a different answer, but I would have been wrong. Mm-hmm. It's d- this group is done, man. There, there is no fixing this. You need to c- whatever's coming next needs to come next, and whatever that means to accelerate that process, you need to do it right now. I, I think until I think we'd be crazy to think that they're not not crazy to think this. I, I just believe that they're going to approach this off season and try to fix what it is. Now they have some the outs worst here. Worst thing they could. Do. They have some outs here. Whether it's fair or not, some of the outs are going to be, and it's not fair, the outs of, well, we didn't have AD all season. It's different. It's different than it was last season. But I do think that's what they're going to do. I do think that LeBron and Anthony Davis will be back on this team this upcoming year. How the hell can we improve this roster? And uh, it's really tough to sit here right now and tell you much is going to change. The dump is coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. It's time for everything we haven't gotten to today. Yes, it's time for the dump. All right, Emily, I'm going to let you kind of have the floor here on this one because I don't think Al is into this. I am aggressively not into this. But there is a prequel to yes. Game of Thrones, yes. House yes. of Dragon. Uh, I'm to tell me if I'm wrong, Emily. It's going to be but, all about them. Oh, where do did, we start? Oh, Trev, you sit back. You? Emily and I got this one. <laughs> I think at one point I'm like, I don't like any show with dragons. You're like, there's not that many dragons. And the prequel is called House of Dragons. Okay, okay. So I I feel vindicated. (laughs) There are three dragons in the show that we see in the Game of Thrones. But this is about the family that used to raise dragons. And they used to own the whole area. And then they kind of got wiped out. So this is kind of like how that family got set up. And so George R.R. R. Martin, who is the guy who created the series, he said he nixed one of the other prequels, but he really liked this prequel. So it's going forward. I'm super excited because... 64 dragons in this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm optimistic that they can't be any worse than how the series ended, that I'm, I'm ready to jump right back into this point. world. 
Dragon breeding. That's what we're going to watch. Is yes. Okay, real quick here. It's dragons. really cool, Trav. Trav, I, I think, Emily, is this going to get, you think it's going to get a ton of attention and love? Because I, I don't yes. remember, there's been a few shows, right? That Breaking Bad. I mean, there's been a few times where you're like, everybody is watching this. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but damn, did everyone I turned to say something about Game of Thrones. Emily, will this get a lot of pub? So I feel like there's so many people that have hard feelings about the finale that they don't want to revisit the world ever again. And I kind of am like, it's past that time and ready to go. So I think that even the people that watched it are probably going to be 50-50. So I think it's going to have a less people watching it than originally. So it's not going to be the same level of... of Hype? Yes, that it, that the, yeah. uh, it was the end of the time. I'd rather search neighborhood Wi-Fis for interesting names than it's watch fun that. time. I would rather go through my neighbors, what they named their printer and their TVs, than watch br- dragon breeding. And if someone, if someone took Rookie as their Wi-Fi, I would hallucinate. <laughs> and one other thing that, too, it's like a battle of the nerds. The, uh, the Amazon Lord of the Rings series is coming out at the same time. And so the nerds have to choose whether they're not going to go Game of Thrones or they're going to go Lord of the Rings. So it's a, it's a good time to be a nerd. So I was going to say, it's a good time to be into uh, Hobbits and dragons this is this is what i'm taking out of this the uh eagles are bringing back their kelly green jerseys asleep i think like a reggie white era eagles like randall cunningham uh era eagles i think that's uh by the way i don't hate it i I didn't like the emerald green that they had the kelly green is a little better i think yeah i'm looking at it right now no i'm looking at it right now this nothing wrong with this i like them I think they look good. They look a little bit like the Jets, though. That's the first thing that came to my mind. They look a little bit too close to the Jets. A little Celtics color-esque. The the Rams' new gear has grown on me a lot. It it went from something, I'll be honest. Right, the Rams and the Chargers merging their their stuff together. Yep, (laughs) They're they're a little similar. I'm not not trying to talk you off that. You're, You're right about that. But it grew on me. But if you told me, hey, Trav, the Rams are going back to, like, their 1984 jerseys, Eric Dickerson, the Give me throwbacks. Maybe it's just because I'm an old man that I, I want to see those things. But the the Patriots with the uh, Patriot Pete and the three-point stance, give me those all day long. I love those things. Do you think Dean did that on purpose? Just like, hey, maybe maybe they don't even realize that we – maybe they think we are the Rams. I think <laughs> but Dean the did Rams, that on purpose. The Rams look like the Chargers. The Chargers don't look like the Rams. You, right? First of all, you're 100% right in that the, – <laughs> It literally looks like a C for the Chargers. I don't understand how people like that one. I don't understand how there was more. There wasn't more people behind the scenes saying, "Guys, this is the Chargers logo." Nope, we're running with that one. I, so I've always thought that this would be beneficial, right? When you have a big group like an NFL team or like some say giant corporate entity, right? You're running, I don't know, Coca Cola, whatever, and you you. You spend all this time coming up with a new logo or a new taste or whatever it is. You have con- consultants, you have focus groups, you have engineers, you have marketing people, you have all these people that are weighing in on your new brand. Don't right before you launch it, don't you bring somebody that had nothing to do with this mm-hmm. into the room and say, hey, what do you think about this? Because you'd be like, uh, wait, you're going to change the formula of Coca-Cola? That seems like a really bad idea to me. That Remember seems like something... Yeah. Remember Chargers were coming up to L.A. and their logo looked like the Dodgers? The Dodger logo, yes. Yeah, it's like, but it's just you're thinking about the process of it. It's like nobody thought this might look like the Dodger logo. It's like, no, 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 just go ahead and prove it. We'll fix it later. 
Quick trivia question for you. Today, uh, March 30th, 1991, Duke upset defending national champion UNLV 79-77 to uh, in the final four of the NCAA tournament. So it, I need to read this to you again very carefully. Okay. Duke upsets undefeated defending national champion UNLV. So UNLV had won the title the year before. They'd gotten all the way to the final four the following year before Duke beat them. Do you know who the team that would previously beaten UNLV before Duke got them? Um, before Duke got them? The UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Get out of here. Yep. Yep, the Gauchos. I am 100% serious. The Gauchos beat UNLV in 1990, my freshman year. Oh, my gosh. Big Monday on ESPN. 18-year-old Travis Rogers in the crowd, storms the court, does the whole thing, beats UNLV. UNLV doesn't lose another game the rest of the year. They smash everybody in the tournament, win the title, go all the way through the next season. Gauchos didn't get them that year. And then Duke finally got them. So the Gauchos were the team that beat them before Duke beat them. Okay, was that one of the best sporting events you've ever been to? It was great. Yeah, it was great. It had to have been, right? And first of all, you know, the Big West back in the day, was a good conference. The Big West sent three teams to the NCAA tournament that year. UNLV, Santa Barbara, wow. and New Mexico State. So it was a the, real conference. This is the Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman. Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, uh, George Ackles, Greg Anderson Anthony. Hunt, Greg Anthony. Yep. They were loaded with guys, <laughs> and the Gauchos beat them in Santa Barbara in the Thunderdome. That's unbelievable. I will never, ever forget it. Uh, so an Egyptian player missed a PK in a game against Senegal. Um, because um, the Senegal fans were shining laser beams in his eyes. You said you saw the video. You know how you and I, early on in the show, we were doing the show in the evening. I think it was 7 to 9, something like that, whatever it was. And you and I would always reference going to a club, and I would say, I think, strobe lights, and you would say. Glow sticks and whistles. Glow sticks and whistles. That was your thing, (laughs) glow sticks and whistles. (laughs) This dude was taking a penalty kick as if he was at a rave, okay? And all the lights were basically off, and it, I was just waiting for some house music on top of it. <laughs> How do you shoot? How do you kick your penalty kick with literally laser beams and strobe lights across your eyeballs as you're getting ready to shoot? Go watch the video. I tried sending and it to you. And he didn't miss it by like a little bit. He missed it like way off. Like, did he, did he, did he like hit it fat? Did he hit the ground first? Did he miss the you ball? Know what's the did he just of, kick it right at the goalie? What happened? It's the equivalent it way of right. the equivalent of me putting a blindfold on you and you're standing at the three-point line and then i spin you around nine times i'm going to take a jumper <laughs> take a jumper I, I don't think i'd do much better you wouldn't be the right direction <laughs> joe davis the voice of the dodgers the last several years uh it seems like he's a front runner to replace joe buck on fox sports for the baseball side of it you know kevin burkhart is going to do his football portion of it uh who kevin burkhart's great too uh but Joe Davis, look, I, hopefully he can continue to do both. But I would be bummed if Joe Davis uh, did fewer Dodger games. I think he and Oral Hershiser are, are just terrific together. I'd hate to see him do fewer games. You know the danger when you have somebody like Joe Davis? They leave. The danger is he will eventually I, – I don't think he'll go. Like, I think there will be – I don't think so either. Hopefully there's a scenario where, okay, he can't do every game because he's also calling these nationally televised games. But that happens when you're that good – the local team, there's some sacrifice with the local team. 
hopefully it's more just like a Vin Scully thing where Scully would go do the playoffs and he'd do national yeah. games and then he'd be back doing the Dodger games. Hopefully it's a situation similar to that. But I, I've always said this about Joe Davis. He, he did something that I literally did not think was possible. He replaced Vin Scully and nobody complained. Like, no, no, nobody did the who is this guy. That, that That's how good he is. That is such a good freaking at. point. That is such a good point. <laughs> You, do you know how good it's an you impossible, have to be impossible, impossible to, uh, to to kind of win that position? And you're <laughs> right; it's been this very quiet. Like, hey, that guy's good. Joe Davis yeah, is good. Yeah, I like listening to this guy. That, that's how you know you're pretty good at something. Mason and Ireland coming up next. We'll see you here 10 a.m. tomorrow. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.